Uh, but this evening, um, other than just assume uh, the very word religious liberty is understood, it was just good for few moments, and I promise, just for a couple minutes, uh, that we consider religious liberty. Of course, we as Seventh-day Adventists consider ourselves as trustees of truth. We, you will have heard that. We have the truth. God has entrusted us this uh, present truth. You hear about that from time to time, don't we? Yes, we have. But I don't want us to really and I include myself to really misunderstand what religious liberty is all about. And so this evening is just to really try to define and appreciate religious liberty uh, as a subject and as a department so that when we embark tomorrow, we really have that background in mind. Religious liberty, what to bear in mind. For religious liberty, it is religious freedom, not a religious license. Okay? Uh, there was a time, isn't it? Uh, and I'm happy, uh, Pastor, elders, this is changing. The moment you said, Stewardship Day, folk will be looking where else to go that Sabbath. Tithes and offerings, here we go again. And uh, it's really been very unfortunate uh, that possibly as leaders we have projected that when you talk of stewardship in the church, it's just tithes and offerings. No. God has given not only money, as a blessing to us, but our very bodies to look after, the environment to take care of. And indeed, we even talk about the gospel as a means of us acting as its stewards, because the gospel commission tells us to go out and discharge that commission. And so, it is with religious liberty. In the church, the moment you say religious liberty, oh, here we go again. The Pope, Sunday law, period. Um, really, just like I've tried to define, religious freedom or religious liberty this weekend it's not going to be defined as a way where we begin to demonize other persuasions, other churches, or talk ill about the Pope. As a matter of fact, the Pope has done you nothing wrong. He doesn't even know who you are. And the way we carry on as Seventh-day Adventists, if we are not careful, indeed the book of Revelation tells us the wandering after the beast will be people who will be so mesmerized about the Pope, about this beast, to a point they speak highly uh, 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 about this beast. If we are not careful as Seventh-day Adventists, we too may just be wandering after the Pope through the back door. 
The, sometimes the way you hear some independent groups or individuals talk more about the Vatican, about the Pope, about Sunday law, you wonder whether we are doing him a service than it is service. Uh, and so, religious freedom that we are going to talk about really is best defined by words of caution from the pen of inspiration. And I just want us to reflect on that. Ellen G. White testimonies to ministers, especially us as ministers, as members as well, 219. As I read, will you follow? The question of what? Religious liberty is very important. And it should, oh, keep on, okay. And it should be handled with great wisdom and discretion. Unless this is done, there is a danger that by our own course of action, we shall bring upon ourselves a crisis before we are prepared for it. The burden of our message, of religious liberty that is, should be the commandments of God, not the Pope, not Sunday law, the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Our brethren, meaning the church members, our brethren should be cautioned to make moves uh, to make moves that will not stir up and provoke the powers that be. Why that admonition from the pen of inspiration? We have Sabbath school department in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, personal ministries, stewardship, do you know it is only the religious liberty department that encompasses politics, economics, social affairs, you name them all in one, religious affairs, to a point if one is not careful in handling this department, the servant of the Lord says, you could bring upon yourself a crisis in the church before we're even prepared for it. I remember in this particular country, uh, the Pope was visiting. He had been invited by the state government to be its visitor. And uh, a week or so before he arrived, a couple years ago. Um, and, and the pastor meant well. He meant well. Opened the book of Revelation during the main divine service. Uh, said to the members, do you know that beast The Bible talks about. I'm saying that animal will be visiting this country. And the way he even projected himself was in a derogatory manner. Not knowing that country was making the special 
arrangements, the whole country as it were to welcome the Pope as his visitor, he meant well, but unbeknown to him, there were special agents in the audience as well. Before long, he was rounded up. We're talking about our church, he was rounded up. Locked him. They took him to a concentration camp and they locked him up. Uh, the church, our church had to go through a damage limitation exercise. We were very much embarrassed because really that's not the way it would have come over. Do you know how? He was released within a week when the leader of the country realized this is a one-off because the Seventh-day Adventist church, as he knew it as a political leader, never projected itself that way. As a matter of fact, he, when he looked around, he realized the schools, Seventh-day Adventist schools, hospitals, and the care, the ADRA system that was in place, it could not come over that way. So, based on the good charitable work of the church, he was released. We must really be very careful. Religious liberty is not a license to speak ill of anyone. Ellen G. White says, therefore, religious liberty should be, what? Should be handled with great wisdom and discretion. If you're not wise, leave it alone. Because you will bring upon the church a crisis that is not, it's not prepared for it. I see a lot of independent groups going this way and that way, almost like campaigning for which member, oh, taking religious labor almost like a, like a tabloid, you know, something that you can project yourself and get uh, followers that, that be. Well, someone may say, oh, shall we leave it alone then? No. Going back to the spirit of prophecy, it says, it is what? Not just a privilege. It is our duty to do all in our power to avert the threatened danger. We should endeavor to disarm prejudice by placing ourselves in, a, in proper light before the people. We should bring before them the real question at issue, thus interposing the most effectual protest against measures to restrict liberty of conscience. It is your privilege. This is a department actually that helps you and reminds you to be a protestant. Look, look, look. We should bring before them the real question at issue, thus intervening. Okay. Thus interposing the most effective protest against. We are Protestants. There are legislations that are going to take place. You, it is your duty to protest against any restriction of your what? Liberty of conscience. But it must be done with great wisdom and with discretion as it were. It is our duty. You know, the, the best definition to me of prophecy comes from Jesus himself. Look, in talking to his disciples, John 14, 29, 
Jesus said, And now I have told you before it come to pass, that when it come to pass, that's prophecy. I'm telling you now before it happens, so that when it happens, you may talk ill about Pentecostals and Roman Catholic church members, really? You may what? Believe. You may believe. So prophecy is not to equip you to talk ill about other denominations. Of course, there may be areas that you can highlight, but prophecy is not for me to mouth how bad others are, how untruthful others are, how truth my church is. No, no, no. That's not what this weekend is all about. Prophecy, fulfillment of prophecy, if it cannot do anything to you, must not only endorse, but must really come over to me as something that must enable me to trust the word of God than ever before. I must believe. Okay, there will be areas, as I said, you will relate to what is happening to outside your church, outside your beliefs, but there is no point of talking ill about others when what you have seen being fulfilled around you as prophecy not being embraced at all. Even furthermore, coming back to the spirit of prophecy, testimonies for the church, volume 5, look to what, how the servant of the Lord comes over. Let none sit in calm expectation of the evil. When something is happening, you can't just say, oh, well, one of those things. Look at it. Comforting themselves with the belief that this work must go on because prophecy has foretold it and that the Lord will shelter his people. We highlighted, we are not doing the will of God. If we sit in quietude, doing nothing to preserve liberty of conscience. I like that. So Ellen G. White is balancing, almost like prophecy is something that should enable me to believe. But your belief is not passive. Because I believe, Ellen G. White, you, because you believe what is happening around you is fulfillment of prophecy, you now fold your arms. Let prophecy now be fulfilled while I do nothing attitude. No. Belief must guide me, lead me into action. Do something about what I'm believing. Look, let none sit in calm expectation. You see some evil in whatever form it may take. You are comforting yourself to think, well, now that I believe, Prophecy is being fulfilled uh, as if if I intervene, I'm going against prophecy. So the Lord is going to help me. So I'll just keep quiet. It says, make no mistake, the Lord may not even shelter you because your belief, look at this, you will not be doing the will of God if you sit quiet and not respond to what you believe let alone when the liberty of conscience, when the liberty of conscience, when you are being challenged, 
When your belief is being challenged, you can't sit quiet but respond. Respond how? With wisdom and discretion. I like uh, King James Version, 1 Peter chapter 3, 15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready if and when. No. Always to give an answer to everyone that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. A better translation, the Amplified Bible, same verse, 1 Peter 3.15, but in your heart set Christ apart. To me, that relationship with Christ is very pivotal. Set Christ apart as holy. Acknowledge him. Embrace him as Lord. Always, when you have done so, be ready to give a logical defense. I like that. Not just a defense uh, because I'm a trustee of truth. I'm going to unleash someone else. Give a logical, well-ordered defense to anyone about your Sabbath, about your faith, about your belief, a logical, well, carefully prayed over defense to anyone who asks you to account for the hope that is in you, but do it with rudeness. No. With courtesy and respect. Do you know, you can talk about another person or another faith with respect, with courtesy. You don't have to come over. How can I put this one? Okay. You can deal with a principal issue without attacking somebody's personality. Okay. You can still talk about what the Pope stands for without coming over as if you hate the Pope. You can still, because he's still a child of God, created in the image of God. In fact, I've even said to me, we ought to be very careful. Not all the Popes who, have the, who are off the screen have died. Benedict the 16th is still alive. What if you had one day, I don't know wherever he is, in a seclusion, he's normally Pope, he was reading his Bible, and he came across that after all, the seventh day Sabbath, Saturday, is the Sabbath, and embraced it. After all that we have mouthed against him. So we must be very, very careful to distinct, to be able to deal with the principal issue, the real question at issue, without attacking the person's personality. So that the person does not come over, you are hating me than what I stand for. You must be able to disengage the two. So here, you can still be courteous, be respectful, yet pinpoint, bring out certain areas that you feel are restricting your liberty of conscience. 
testimony is here again, volume 5, page 463 says, the members of the church, meaning you and I, will individually, look at this, will individually be tested and proved. They will be placed or will be placed in circumstances where they will be forced to bear witness for the what? For the truth. Many will be called to speak before councils in courts of justice, perhaps separately and alone. Therefore, religious liberty must prepare us to appear before parliament, to appear before the court, to appear before councils with respect, with courtesy, but also with resolve that we are standing for what is biblical, for what is right, for what is humane. Very, very important. No wonder we have this weekend. Because that time will come. We must not come over as if great controversy is between the Seventh-day Adventist Church and other denominations. Or great controversy is between a Seventh-day Adventist pastor and a Roman Catholic priest. Great controversy, as a matter of fact, is not even be between the Seventh-day Adventist Church and the Roman Catholic Church. Great controversy is between the devil and Christ, period. That's where the great controversy is. So when we align ourselves, we embrace Jesus Christ, he's able to equip us with that mode of being able when the time comes, whether we're in a group, whether we are alone, to be able to speak up for the truth, knowing the manner in which we come through will rightly represent the God uh, we serve. You may say, but what? You know, having been born and brought up in a Seventh-day Adventist Christian home and in a minister's home, my dad was, was a pastor. I tell people that when I was being wheeled from the uh, maternity ward uh, to the general ward, you know, from the delivery room rather to the general to open ward, you know, in that court, in that um, uh, whatever they were carrying me with, all I had possibly was the Sabbath school lesson, church manual, hymnal, the Bible. This is all from the cradle I had heard, and let alone Sunday law was almost like preparing me for a fight, the them and us attitude. Because the way Sunday legislation came over, as if this was a battleground, red line drawn, Adventist versus anyone who did not keep the seventh day Sabbath. Until I came across that. Read it with me. The Lord in his providence is far ahead of us. He, not the Pope, yeah? not the Pope, he, meaning the Lord, he has permitted this Sunday question to be pressed to the front. While indeed Sunday legislation is going to come, 
but God is going to allow it for a purpose. He will bring it to the force. You know what? I thought Sunday legislation is time for what? Persecution. So how could the same God who should be protecting me be allowing persecution to take place? No, listen to what he has to say. We can learn from this. The Lord, he has permitted, not brought about, but he has given permission for Sunday question to be brought to the front. What? what why for? That the Sabbath of the fourth commandment may be presented before the legislative assemblies. Thus the leading men of the nation may have an attention called to the testimony of God's word. Let me tell you. Therefore, my reading is that Sunday legislation will be allowed to awaken your belief in the Sabbath seventh day message. Ah, oh, you're not with. Sunday legislation, you must herald it comes. If, if this is true, I want it to come tomorrow. Why? Because Pastor Cavallo and many others are now just sitting back waiting for Sunday legislation. We are not promulgating the seventh day Sabbath. We are not witnessing to our neighbors. We are saying nothing. So God in his witness, he's going to allow this in order to motivate me to go out there, not to argue against the Sunday worshippers, but to preach the what? The seventh day Sabbath message, which I have been ignoring. Ah, oh, no, you're not with me. So, for any preacher to be standing up, preaching against others who don't worship Sunday, no. Sunday legislation, the purpose of Sunday legislation is for you and me to be awakened to preach the seventh-day Sabbath, which we have been ignoring. That's his purpose. And the Lord is going to allow that to take place. The last slide. In all this, as you will see tomorrow, a match of the day. Education page is 173 and 178. In the annals of human history, and the pastor talked about, uh, we had council elections, was it yesterday, today, the results are coming out, and a few weeks' time, it will be a uh, a few days' time, it will be the French turn, and then uh, our turn to go to the polls. But in all this, take comfort in this last slide. In the annals of human history, the growth of nations, the rise and fall of empires, appear as dependent on the will and prowess of man. But in the word of God, the curtain is drawn aside. And we behold, behind and above and through and through all the play and counterplay of human interest and power and passions, the agencies of the all-merciful one 
silently, patiently working out the counsels of his own will. The complicated play of human events is under divine control. Amidst the strife and tumult of nations, he that sitteth above the cherubim still guides the affairs of earth. If you are not religious liberty, really, is for me just to appreciate that although our intervention matters, the way we intervene matters, first and foremost should be the thought that there is someone up above in control. Because if we are not careful, we too may come over to think, oh, because I went to vote. Therefore, please, I'm not saying that you can't go and vote. But whether Hillary Clinton will come, attempt to be a president, we end up with Trump. Whether Theresa May may have a land, slight victory. Much of, much of our thoughts is, oh, it's about how many people went out there and voted. So we determine, are you with me? Mankind determines what happens here on earth. In so far as you and I go as human beings, indeed, that may be our conclusion. But Ellen G. White says, in the mix of all this, you must understand, in the mix of all this, children of God be heartened, be encouraged to know that through the play and counterplay of politics, he that sits above, quietly behind the scenes, is waking his purpose out. Amen. Not that alone, but as he does, he is in control of Bedford. He is in control of United Kingdom. It's not under Theresa May. It's not under Westminster. It's not under the Pope. He that sits above, I like that. He that sits above the cherubim still guides, not the government, still guides the affairs of earth. Uh, this weekend, we are going to deal with some things that human beings are seeking to impose on fellow human beings. And if these are restrictive of your liberty of conscience, we must respond. But with the view, my brothers and sisters, that the control, ultimate control of what happens here and what will happen in the future is not in the total trust of human beings, but God himself is in control. So may God really bless us. Uh, tomorrow we're going to look at uh, uh, much of the day, uh, the counter extremism and safeguarding bill. How this has direct effect
to Bedford Church. And watch how things, you know, pan out. And what we ought to be doing, what, what should be our approach. But in all that, be encouraged uh, that he that sits, uh, he that sits, sorry, yeah, that he that sits above the cherubim in the most holy place is in control not only of, you, of the earth, but of your life and mine. Bow our heads for prayer. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you remain in full control and in charge. That it is a privilege as we uh, go through this weekend to see how best as your children entrusted with the truth are able to intervene in areas where our liberties are being restricted. But not for us to approach the powers that be with confrontation but to, to be able, Lord, to acknowledge that it is a challenge, but also a great witness to which we'll have uh, to witness about you and the truth uh, that so much the world needs. Lord, we pray that when all is accomplished then, we will be mindful not to give credit to anyone but Lord to give you the glory, the honor and the praise and seek to help others along life's way as individuals and as a church to come to the full knowledge of your saving grace. Take us now Lord to our homes of abode safely and bring us back uh, to guide us along and when all is done even on this earth, Lord, we pray, save us, each one, in your kingdom, when you shall come to make your jewels, our prayer, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. God bless. See you.